Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 63. I'm your host Dustin, and today we have with us... This is Don. This is Josh. And the rest of our staff is actually taking this month off for a number of different personal reasons. So Don has gladly helped out with this podcast. Don can normally be heard on the Comic Cast, for some of you who listen to both of our podcasts. So, with that being said, we cover movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news on this podcast, as well as we always have a spotlight character. For this episode, we will be covering James Gordon Jr. You might be thinking, who is James Gordon Jr.? Is he the guy from The Dark Knight? Well, kind of, and uh, we'll, we'll cover that uh, when we get there. Our feature for this episode is going to be what we'd like to see in The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, we wanted to do this before we start hearing a lot more information about The Dark Knight Rises, specifically so that it makes sense. We really wanted to do a feature where we talked about the villains that made sense for The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, we planned on doing that last month, but then, of course, the press release was released and announced that Bane and Catwoman were going to be in the uh, movie, so it made no sense to do that. There are still a number of other things we'd like to see, um, especially if this is Chris Nolan's last go-around, so we'd like to discuss those. So we will get into those, as I said, a little bit later, but of course, we always start off with the news, so let's start off with movie news. Holy complications! Holy agility! Holy blackout! Holy missing relatives! Holy sudden incapacitation! Holy one-track back computer mind! Holy standstills. Holy Fourth Amendment. Holy time bomb. Holy non-sequiturs. I don't think so, Rob. Holy mucilage. Holy diversionary tactics. Holy heart failure. Holy Gemini, it worked great. Holy purple cannibal. Holy Luther Burbank. Holy, holy, holy eggshells. Holy fried towels, Batman. Holy understatements, Batman. Holy anagrams, what's the answer? Holy ten toes. Holy pin cushions. Holy human surfboards. Holy detonation. Exactly, Robin. Holy haziness. Holy contributing to the delinquency of minors. Holy roadblocks. Holy show up that Batgirl. Holy surprise parties. Holy tint and navulation. Holy rising hemlines. Holy homework. Holy levitation. Holy incantation. Holy Robert Louis Stevenson. Holy priceless collection of Etruscan snoods. Holy dilemma. Holy crucial moment. Holy homecoming. Holy tartars. Unholy tartars, Robin. Holy coal creeps. Holy here we go again, Batman. Holy special delivery. Holy return from oblivion. Holy finishing touches. Holy bargain basements, Batman. Holy knit one, pearl two. Holy hamstrings. Holy underwritten metropolis. Holy slip disc. Holy mechanical armies. Holy hyperdermics. Holy Rip Van Winkle. Holy gall. Holy carrots and diamond. Holy hoofbeats. Holy hardest metal in the world. Holy journey to the center of the earth. Holy waste of energy. 
Holy razor's edge. Was that a close shave? Holy interplanetary yardstick. Holy rock garden. Holy known unknown flying objects. Holy disappearing act. Holy unrefillable prescriptions. Holy helplessness. Holy giveaways. Not exactly, Robin. Holy catastrophe. Holy astringent plum-like fruit. Holy human pressure cookers. Holy skull tap. Exactly, Robin. On February 14th, Empire Online had a chance to talk to Chris Nolan about uh, the upcoming start date for The Dark Knight, and he confirms that it will be starting sometime in May. So we're going to play a clip from that interview so you can take a listen to what Chris Nolan had to say. I know you can't say anything about the plot, but where are you right now with The Dark Knight Rises? We could tell you, but we'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that chance, actually. <laughs> production so we're about 10 weeks out from shooting and uh, very excited about where we're going with the uh, conclusion of our story. Has Christian cut his hair yet? <laughs> he has not. Uh, he's doing another film first so uh, we'll, uh, we'll figure all that out in a couple of months. Okay so essentially he just says we'll be starting shooting 10 weeks and Christian Bale has not cut his hair yet which we obviously know because he was at the Oscars with his long hair. All right so that was the interview Obviously, Chris Nolan likes to be coy and not say a whole lot to begin with. At least the people at Empire were a little bit more respectful and didn't ask him some crazy questions, like some questions we'll get into a little bit later. But we know that uh, from February 14th, they're in pre-production, they're about 10 weeks away from shooting. What's interesting about 10 weeks is that brings us right to the beginning of May, which, of course, is what we already heard is what was going to be happening. So, nothing new on that front. I think it's it's just exciting the fact that they're going to start shooting very very soon. Uh, it seems like about two months. So it's just just the fact that this is actually happening and very soon we'll get the third movie is pretty exciting. Yeah, not nothing much really except for the fact that now things are finally getting rolling. It's it's just nice to know that things are getting started already. All right. So the next bit of news we have is comes from February 16th. Warner Brothers sent over details about a new app created for The Dark Knight. They sent out a pretty decent long press release stating that there is a new app for iPads and iPhones called the Dark Knight app. And it essentially features the Dark Knight for a very low price. And you can watch it as well as a bunch of uh, extras and special features. But it's specifically designed to work with Apple products like the iPad and iPhone. Um, What's interesting about this is that not only did it take forever for the Dark Knight to actually show up on the Apple Store, but this is actually one of the first films released in this new specific Apple format, I guess you could call it, where it's designed specifically for the Apple products. That's interesting. I'm sure it's going to be expensive as all heck, but uh, any way to sort of uh, get the merchandise out, I suppose. Yeah, this doesn't really affect me because I don't really have many Apple things, but it sounds pretty cool. As far as the price, it is only $9.99 for it, and it has those um, bonus materials as well. So it's actually a pretty decent price for those people out there who may not have purchased it already. I don't know anybody who hasn't purchased it at this point, but $9.99 if you have an iPad or an iPhone, that's that's not a bad price. What type of bonus materials would you say? Um, a lot of the stuff, the same stuff that was on the Blu-ray release, we have a, a lot of concept art. A lot of the uh, costume designs and stuff like that that was created, concept art for the Bad Pod. 
lot of that kind of stuff. There's really no more special features than what we've already seen with the release of the Blu-ray. It would be great if, you know, sometime down the line they had more special features. Or, if not, then they at least figure out a way to make sure that there's more special features for The Dark Knight Rises. Because, honestly, going back and watching the special features, which I did actually last month, really started to realize that there really wasn't that many special features. It almost <laughs> seems as if some DVDs in the past have had more special features than some of these newer films on Blu-ray. Still, for that price, if I had an iPad, I would definitely pick it up, but since I don't have one. Alright, so the last bit of movie news is comes from February 21st. Tom Hardy appeared on the Alan Carr Chatty Man show, which is a British talk show, and he had a little bit of talk about Bane, so we're going to play that clip. <laughs> Inception was directed by Christopher Nolan, and he's got you a part in, that's it, that, the new Batman film. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's so cool at the moment. I wish I was you, Tom. So do I. <laughs> you are. Oh, it's a good day to be me. Yeah. yeah. But this, this Christopher Nolan, he sounds a bit like an odd character. He don't have a phone. No. And he doesn't have, like, he doesn't have a mobile, does he? And he no. doesn't have um, How do you know email that? Well, I don't know. I've just sort of read about it. Oh, right. Basically, Christopher Nolan's a bit like me nan. <laughs> It's very smart. Your nan's very smart, though. Yeah. In, that, in, that, in that way, because I mean, most conversations, in like, um, like, especially if you've got to have an important conversation with someone, it's better to sit down face to face with them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You don't want people trying to email you fabrics. Oh, yeah. You know, from the costume department. And that's what they'll do nowadays. So everything he likes, he likes hard copies. He likes to sit down face to face. Yeah. With you. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an old value. I think it's uh, very smart. And it's very peaceful not to have your phone. Have you ever gone out without your phone? Yeah, you, you, it's nervous when you think, oh, I've left it home. But then after, like, the first hour, you're like, fine. But then do you ever do that and you go, oh, God, I've got so many messages. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've stopped doing that in front of people now, you know. <laughs> it's bad signal. <laughs> <laughs> you're playing a villain called Bane. Yeah. Now, a lot of the villains in Batman are quite camp, aren't they, you know? Yeah. But he is proper menacing, isn't he? Uh, uh, have you seen, have you seen uh, the, the, the Joel Schumacher Batman with, uh, with Robin, Batman and Robin? Yeah, yeah. And he was... Yeah, you've got it, haven't you? There he is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it doesn't look very menacing, does it? Oh, no, yeah, maybe that's not a good example of camp. You won't have to wear a gimp mask, will you? <laughs> um... Well, you know, only, only if I feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> you could lie again. I've never worn a gimp. <laughs> Get one free. You wouldn't recognise you if I was wearing it. No, there's, it's not. It's, it's a taste. Chris Nolan, again, will revisit that territory entirely. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't go by that. No, um, no. At all. Plus, I, I mean, that's a lot of weight to put on, and I've got to start shooting in May. So I've got to go back up that size again. I've got to go up to about 13 and a half, 14 stone. Um, 12 and a bit now, so I've got and three months to do that. How'd you bulk up? Fat, a lot of fat and trickery. A lot of fat and trickery. <laughs> they do that with me here on Chatty Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Why? painfully thin. All right, so that was that clip. So again, not a lot of news. Obviously, any anybody related to the Dark Knight Rises project is clearly sworn to secrecy and I'm sure there's some 
clauses in their contract about revealing any details whatsoever. But he did say that he has to bulk up a lot more than what he already is. And he also said that uh, we can expect a very different Bane than what we saw in Joel Shoemaker's version in Batman Robin. Now, with that being said, obviously that was going to be the case. And obviously he's going to have to bulk up more. Since Chris Nolan's not a big fan of CG, I would not imagine Bane being some kind of version of the Hulk. From what I remember, in Batman and Robin, there was CG use when he would like press the Venom button, but otherwise he was like his normal bulky uh, wrestler state. So maybe, uh, maybe it'll just be, it'll just be sort of like filming when he's thinner and then filming when he's larger, like two two uh, different filming times, perhaps. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I think the 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 big difference between the person who portrayed Bane in Batman Robin and Tom Hardy is that Jeep Swanson, who was the guy who did it for Batman Robin, he was much taller and much more built as it was. No offense to Tom Hardy, and no offense to Chris Nolan, but in order to get Tom Hardy to be what Bane is known to be, he'd have to be a lot taller as well. Uh, Tom Hardy is actually shorter than myself, and I'm only six foot, so... It's oh, really? Those, it's one of those things where you can bulk up a lot, but if you end up being... If you're still if you're still short, you know, that still does a little bit of hindrance to uh, you portraying this giant guy. Well, maybe they'll use, like, camera tricks, like have him stand on blocks or wear tall shoes or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I don't. I don't think he'll be like huge. I, I picture the more realistic band just being just like a like a big football player type, not a huge giant. All right. So that is all of the movie news we have. Let's move right into TV news. Not a whole lot of TV news came out um, in the month of February, but we did have a number of different episodes of Young Justice Air, including uh, we had an episode on February 3rd, Air called Schooled, and the synopsis for that episode was, Superboy's anger over his non-relationship with Superman is getting out of control. He refuses to train with Black Canary, and when the team faces an opponent that even the Justice League had trouble defeating, the Boy of Steel goes rogue. Um, We obviously had Black Canary from the Batman universe appear, um, Batman obviously, and Robin as well. I mean, in terms of a Batman standpoint, I'm not sure there's too much to be added, but I I personally don't care for the way they're portraying Superman and Superboy in the show. Um, It's just weird. Yeah, Superman is definitely portrayed as a very different personality than what he's what he is in the comics, but we also have to keep in mind that this is supposed to be taking place on a different Earth as well. I guess. It's just, it's just odd. It's like an absentee father type of vibe to it, and I don't think it works. Yeah. That's just me. Alright, so the next episode that aired was on February 11th, and that episode was called Infiltrator. 
And the synopsis for that episode was, Artemis faces an uphill battle trying to win over her new teammates as she tries to fill Red Arrow's boots on a mission he initiated, saving a brilliant young scientist from the League of Shadows. So, Batman characters that appeared in this episode, we had the League of Shadows and Robin and Batman. Alright, so then the next episode we had was on February 18th, an episode called Denial. And this episode synopsis was, When the team investigates the disappearance of Kent Nelson, formerly Dr. Fate, the scientific-minded Wally West is forced to confront his disbelief in magic when battling Abracadabra and Clarion the Witch Boy for the ultra-powerful Helmet of Fate. Um, so, no Batman characters besides Robin and Batman appeared in this episode, um, but it, it I thought this was actually a pretty good episode and kind of branched out into some of the characters that we don't see as often. That was cool. I'm actually a, a sort of a fan of Dr. Fate. I thought it was pretty entertaining as well. Yeah, I wasn't very familiar with many of the characters in this, so it was, I thought it was interesting because I was like learned more about more of the DC universe outside of the Batman universe. Alright, so that was all the episodes of Young Justice that aired in February. We do have one other bit of news. Comic Book Resources interviewed Adam West on his current projects um, on February 18th, and there was a little bit of interesting news that West commented on about the release of the 1960s TV series that he starred in. So I will read for comic book resources, and Don will read for Adam West. Look Well was sadly never made, but Batman, of course, was on the air for 120 glorious episodes. Yet because it's never been released on DVD, legions of fans, young and old, haven't been able to enjoy it. Some for the first time, and some to relive those great memories. Do you have any idea when we might see Batman come out on DVD? I guess Fox and Warner Brothers have been trying to sift that one out. I think it's simply a matter of dividing up the pie. I've heard that they're very close to an agreement, and they'll be bringing it out. In the meantime, because they haven't, and people have been screaming for it, I did Adam West naked. Of course you're right. People want Batman released on DVD, and I think that it will happen. Batman the movie is available, and it always sold really well. But it seems most people have seen that. So... That's the end of that interview, so could we possibly see the release of the series anytime in the near future? I guess we'll have to wait and see. I, sure, I certainly hope so. It'd, it'd be quite fun. Yeah, definitely. I haven't really seen any of those. Oh, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Well, I've seen like clips, but I've never actually got a chance to like watch them, so I w- I'd definitely go out and see them if they came out. They're as close to taking drugs as you can possibly get. Go back outside and calm the flower children. They'll mob me. Groovy. Let's move right into merchandise news. On February 1st, Toy News International posted up some info about a new Mezco line that will feature Batman and the Batmobile. The set will be two inches tall and be released July of 2011, presumably right around San Diego Comic-Con. So you can check out a picture of that... Well, it's really concept art, but you can check it out over on the website. Yeah, I was about to say, what, what, which uh, Batmobile is it? It's like a spin-off between the 89 one and the comic book version. The Jim Lee comic book version. Alright, so then the other bit of news we have, February 3rd, uh, Mezco Mini Mezitz Series 1 was announced. 
and they will be also being released in July. The line will feature two-inch figures and have five points of articulation. The first series will include three sets of two. The Batman pack features Batman and the Joker, um, and it's Batman in his his Bronze Era uh, attire, and the Joker, well, just in Joker attire. Like the Neil Adams era? Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Alright, on February 10th, IGN posts up a preview of the DC Universe online statues based off Jim Lee's art for the in-game characters of Joker and Harley Quinn. Now, this is a little bit different than some of the other Joker, Jim Lee versions, so it is uh, a little bit... This could this could uh, sell maybe better or worse than his previous Joker statues. Uh, Harley Quinn pretty much looks the same. And you can check out pictures of those on the website as well. Alright, the next bit of news, we have a lot of news because the weekend of February 12th through February 13th, Toy Fair 2011 occurred and there was a number of different things and toys and announcements made by Mattel. Since Mattel owns the license for all of the Batman characters and pretty much the entire DC Universe, Mattel is pretty much exclusively doing a lot of the Batman stuff. So, first off, they did announce that Justice League Unlimited will be coming to an end this year after almost a 10-year run. The series will finish up with a couple of new additions from the Batman Universe, including the rest of the characters from Batman Beyond, including Micron, the older version of Static Shock, and Aqua Girl. Uh, with the end of the Justice League Unlimited, Mattel will be putting out a much larger focus on the new Young Justice series, and they did reveal a number of different figures from the Batman Universe, including Robin, and that is going to be a 6-inch figure in the same scale as the DC Universe Classics figures, and they will also be releasing four and a half inch figures that are set in the same format as the Justice League Unlimited characters. It's almost as if the series is going from Justice League Unlimited to Young Justice. They're planning on releasing tons of figures for this series as well, so this will actually probably end up becoming the new Young Justice or the new Justice League Unlimited action figures. Also, what was shown was another two pack featuring Razel Ghoul and Cheshire, which appeared earlier this last month in an episode of Young Justice. Also, we had a number of different figures that uh, are going to be spinning out of the Imaginex line, where DC Super Friends Hero World will showcase a number of different Batman figures, including, obviously, Batman, but also Mr. Freeze, Penguin, and the Joker. Uh, the Batman Brave and the Bold line will expand greatly with the addition of new figures and new vehicles. And pretty much every outfit that you can imagine Batman in is going to be making their way to Batman Brave and the Bold action figure line. Um, a new line of Batman figures will be hitting stores this year called Batman Legacy Edition, which will feature Batman characters from comics and media appearances. These figures will be 6 inches tall and follow the same size and detail as the Movie Masters figures that we had for The Dark Knight. Figures for the launch will include single packs of comic version Joker, superpower version of Mr. Freeze, and a platinum version of Batman. There will be waves of two packs as well, including Batman the Arkham City version and Two-Face from Arkham City as well, 
Um, we will also be seeing the Batman Begins Jim Gordon and prototype suit Bruce Wayne, and the Dark Knight versions of Batman and the police honor guard Joker. This was probably one of the bigger announcements, in my opinion, um, specifically because there's been rumors floating around online about a Jim Gordon figure and a police honor guard Joker figure from the Dark Knight, Jim Gordon from Batman Begins for a really long time now, and a lot of people thought they were going to make it their way to the Movie Masters. I don't know if it was because the Movie Masters didn't make enough money or what, but they decided to not ever release those figures. But they must have sold pretty well because they're making this new this new line of characters, and I think the idea behind this is that they're not limited to just the Dark Knight and Chris Nolan characters, which could be really cool because that means we could see you know, Danny DeVito Penguin or Michael Keaton Batman or who knows Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze who knows <laughs> I hope so <laughs> I mean the detail of these characters is amazing and I'm I think especially with the ones that they announced including not only some of the figures that a lot of people would have really liked from the Dark Knight and Batman Begins but also figures from Batman Arkham City that's just to me really cool and I will definitely be adding these figures to my collection um, I'm, I'm sorry, did, did you say that these, the, the Arkham City figures would come out before the game? Because I'm, I'm not sure we've seen Two-Face yet. Well, they didn't say when... No, we have seen Two-Face, but they didn't say when they're coming out. Well, even so, the announcement of a Jim Gordon Batman Begins figure was pretty awesome. I'm, I might get that, actually. I really like the movie figures because you can actually go out and, like, that was from the movie, where, where it's just, like, the, the more general Batman figures and stuff. It's kind of, yeah, it's Batman, but, like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's the Jim Gordon from Batman Begins. Like, you because they do a really good job on these. I'm not much of a merchandise guy, because I, I usually don't have the extra money after I get my comics, but these are definitely stuff that hopefully I'll be able to pick up, like, after the fact once I start having a little extra more money. And more extra money after that. All right, and some other things that were announced as well. The Imaginex line will be getting a number of different characters added to the line, including uh, we'll be seeing... Clayface and Catwoman will be seeing a new Batmobile. Probably the biggest thing that will be coming out will be a Batcave for the Imaginex figures, which actually features the more modern version of the Batcave with the multiple layers compared just to the sprawled out Batcave. Uh, they have had a Batcave slash Wing Manor released in the past, still available in stores now, but I have been noticing by going to different stores that a lot of stores are sold out of it. So that might be because they're going to be releasing this new Batcave, and that might be why a lot of places are sold out. Having a small child, th this is this is something that uh, I think is going to be really cool. Are they going to have like the penny and the dinosaur and stuff? Didn't see the penny or the dinosaur. And it's completely worthless. No, <laughs> no it sounds it sounds pretty cool. The only other thing out of Toyfer was that Mattel also announced that they will not only attend San Diego Comic-Con as they did last year, but they will also be attending four other major conventions this year, including C2E2, WonderCon, DragonCon, and New York Comic-Con. They will have displays of their new figures and have panels at all of the conventions they attend. Obviously, we will be attending four out of the five conventions that Mattel will be attending as well, so that uh, you can definitely be looking at the website for all the news to come from Mattel. Yeah, the uh, Mattel booths are always pretty cool. And that is the end of merchandise news. Let's get right into video game news. If you take my temperature, I'd be happy to drop my pants. 
Very first thing we have is, so for the month of February, Warner Brothers decided to do a lot of promoting of Batman Arkham City, and they released a number of different screenshots on the Facebook page for Batman Arkham City. There's no real point of going over every single one of them, because they happened on, there was pretty much um, a new screenshot every couple of days, so you can definitely head over to the website and check those out. But on February 1st, GameSpot posts up an interview with Sefton Hill, who is the game director for Batman Arkham City, and he had a couple of little things to say about what we can expect to see in Batman Arkham City, and he kind of talked about a couple different things about what we will be seeing and what we won't be seeing. So I will be reading for GameSpot, and Josh will be reading for Sefton Hill. As the title suggests, it seems that Arkham City, that you're trying to expand the world and give Batman a larger arena to use his crime-fighting know-how. Is the development team going for a sandbox-style approach where players can kind of go at their own pace, picking and choosing side missions? Or will Arkham City be more of a streamlined open-world experience? The footprint of Arkham City is about five times bigger than Arkham Island, but our primary intention was never to create a bigger game world just for the sake of it. In Batman Arkham Asylum, we really focused our effort on creating an intense, pressure-cooker atmosphere by locking Batman in the madhouse and allowing the Joker to turn up the heat. In Arkham City, we want to take the attitude to the next level, so we created an experience in which gamers will have a huge amount of navigational freedom, but they will also feel the extreme pressure of the challenges that they face. Players will be able to go anywhere at any time, but we have made sure that players will always have a very clear idea of where they're needed most if they want to just stick to the core narrative path of the game. Explore the streets of Arkham City and you will find many side missions, secrets, and street brawls, so players won't find it difficult to get into some trouble if that's what they're looking for. I wouldn't describe the game as sandbox because a totally open and free-form game world would not allow us to create the kind of atmosphere that we wanted to, but we don't hold your hand either. Arkham City is, it, is its own place, a massive super prison jam packed with supervillains, thugs, and psychopaths. There aren't any rules, but it has a law of its own, and this is why it's a perfect setting for Batman. Gamers will have to think and act like the Dark Knight if they want to survive in a place like Arkham City. Let's talk about the setting of Arkham City. Was this the idea for the sequel setting from the very beginning, as suggested by the Warden's secret room in Arkham Asylum? Does this setting give you little more creative freedom? Yes. The decision to take the second game off of Arkham Island was really driven by our desire to set a new creative challenge for the whole team and to give players an even deeper and more authentic Batman experience. As soon as we had Batman diving off rooftops and gliding between buildings, we knew that we had made the right decisions to take the action to the streets. We began thinking about the setting for the sequel very early on as it is important to us that gamers get a very real sense of the narrative connection between the two games. And so the plans in Warden Sharp's secret room are just one example of the way in which the two stories link together. Gamers who have played and completed Batman Arkham Asylum will definitely see a lot of interesting hooks in Arkham City that connect to the events that happened in Arkham Asylum 18 months earlier. All right, so that's the end of that interview. I guess the thing that I got out of this was, obviously, we've been told over and over again that Arkham City is going to be about five times bigger than... Arkham Island, and Arkham Island was pretty big when you think about it. I guess the the thing that I'm wondering now is, with it being inside of a city, how many buildings are we going to actually be able to go into and stuff like that? 
Because obviously I don't expect to be able to go in every single building within this ginormous area of Gotham City. But you would imagine that at some point you'd have to be able to go into some building. Yeah, I'm wondering how the directives will have you go on the rooftops or on the streets or the sidewalk. I'm trying to think of it how it's going to play out. And I'm thinking not not as free roam as the Spider-Man games, but more, like like he said... A little more um, driven towards the story. It's it's very interesting just to consider how it's going to play out. I think. Yeah, I I like the idea of not being complete free roam, but also giving you some freedom because if they can find the the perfect like middle ground, that's perfect. Because I'm not the biggest fan of the like wide open games because I tend to I don't like thinking and I like kind of not them holding my hand like he said they weren't going to do, but kind of guide me a little bit because. I'm not the best gamer out there, so at least I'll have an idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I definitely think this game, everything that we're hearing about the game is definitely coming in a way where it's going to be obviously a lot better than Arkham Asylum. And Arkham Asylum was already a very good game, so prove on what they've already done, it's only going to be that much better. I also like that uh, they're not just going to try to make another like part two of Arkham, Arkham Asylum, but they're going to try something new. Alright, so the next bit of news we had was on February 2nd, Sony Online Entertainment announced that there was a new expansion pack for DCU Unlimited coming out, and uh, it will be featuring Catwoman. Uh, We'll get into that in just another second, but first we have another interview with Sefton Hill, this time with IGN, and this time I will read for... IGN and Don will read for Sefton Hill. Even though we really know next to nothing about Arkham City, thanks for that by the way, some people openly complain about there being too many villains announced. What can you say to them right now? Is the story that much bigger this time around, or do we have the wrong idea? It was never about making a bigger game for us, just a better one. If we thought the best game featured just one villain, then that's what we'd do. Rest assured, we aren't putting villains into the game just to make up the numbers. We are choosing characters who we think have an interesting story to tell and who can challenge Batman in an original and exciting way. There will be more exciting announcements soon, and many who we will never announce. Tell us about Hugo Strange's role in Arkham City. We know Hugo Strange is going to be a completely new character to some players, but he was a perfect choice for the role of Warden of Arkham City. Hopefully the trailer at the end of last year has given you a few hints to his character and motivation. Strange makes the rules that all prisoners have to abide by. He enforces these rules with a zero-tolerance policy through his Tiger Security Force, a force equally as fierce as the gangs that incarcerated criminal bosses have amassed. The walls and airspace are constantly patrolled by heavily armed Tiger Guards who will share Strange's contempt for criminals. The other dimension to Hugo Strange is that he knows Batman's true identity, which massively raises the stakes for Bruce Wayne. By entering Arkham City, Batman is vulnerable and exposed in a way that he has never been before. But don't worry if you've never even heard of Hugo Strange. Arkham City tells a story of the first time Batman has crossed swords with Strange, so you will know a lot more about him by the end of the evening. What about Catwoman's role? Catwoman is one of the most recent criminals to be incarcerated in Arkham City. She's independent, strong-minded, and not aligned with any of the existing supercriminals who are already inside. Batman's presence in Arkham City presents a very interesting dilemma for them both, not only because they have so much history, but also because they are both an incredibly hostile environment with nowhere to hide in the middle of a brutal turf war. 
Like I said before, we selected characters that would challenge Batman in an interesting way, and Catwoman, always following her own agenda, is someone who really spices things up for him. Now, give us a Valentine's Day gift and tell us something about multiplayer. You know that the couple that plays together stays together and that works for friends or significant others. What's going on with the multi multiple players in Arkham City? Co-op? Competitive? We must know. There have been a number of rumors circulating about a multiplayer mode in Batman Arkham City. So let me start by saying, once and for all, that Batman Arkham City is a single-player-only experience. Our thought process behind this was fairly simple. When we investigated adding multiple player, adding multiplayer, we asked, if we use all of the energy that was required to create multiplayer and instead focus on the single player, game now coming to the final stages, I can honestly say that it would not have been possible to deliver Arkham City the way we wanted it to if we had added multiplayer. So it might not be the fashionable choice, it might not get us an extra tick on the box, but we are convinced and we hope that gamers will agree that when they play, get to play the finished game, that we have made the right decision. We hope that you love Arkham City. We're working as hard as we possibly can to deliver the game that you want. So that's the end of that interview. That one, there was a lot more to that one. Um, so no multiplayer. I, you know, it would have been nice, but I'm, I'm really not that upset about it. It really doesn't bother me that there won't be multiplayer in the game. I am really interested in his remark about there are going to be a lot more villains and some exciting announcements soon, and some we will we will never announce. That is interesting to me because obviously we've already had a ton of villains announced. We know Calendar Man's going to be in the game, Joker, Two-Face, Catwoman, Harley Quinn is going to be in the game. I mean, we haven't seen Black Mask. We know Black Mask will probably end up being in the game. Um, we can probably assume that Penguin will also be in the game because of the Iceberg Lounge reference in the teaser trailer from 2009. So, for the most part, it's going to be a little bit interesting to see uh, who else they, they put in the game. I think that multiplayer would have made sense just because it legitimately is Batman versus, like, an entire city of villains and having his uh the bat family help him out at least would have just been logical but perhaps maybe there's more appearances than just him and oracle perhaps uh having him like robin and nightwing help him out throughout the story like in the cutscenes and stuff is what's going to happen but i think that multiplayer would have just made sense but you know if they're trying to make a big a, the best game they can with a single player i mean that's 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 still good that's still fine yeah, I am. I was hoping for multiplayer as well, just playing like a co-op. You know, someone else can be Robin or Nightwing or something, and and do that. But I'm not really that disappointed. For me, I'm really not someone who likes single-player games only. I like playing with friends and stuff. But the fact that Arkham Asylum is a single-player game and actually got me into it gives me enough confidence that Arkham City will be fine in single-player. Yeah, I, I think if there's another one that comes around. If they perfect Arkham City as with as big of a map as they're talking it's going to be and as big of a game as it's going to be with all these villains and stuff, really if they wanted to step it up again, they would have to add even more villains, which in turn would make me believe that it would only be time for Batman to also have his allies join him in the fight too, which would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, so moving on, February 22nd, we did get the details from Sony Online Entertainment about the new expansion pack for DC Universe Online. Um, the expansion pack is supposedly the first of many new monthly adventures. The fact they're supposedly going to be releasing one of these every single month, we'll have to see what happens. But as far as some of the things that will be in this new expansion pack, we will have a new Batcave raid. Eight players will have the opportunity to infiltrate and retake Batman's Inner Sanctum, which has been overrun by Omac and the Dark Knight's own corrupted technology. Fight alongside Batman against Brother Eye. Uh, we will see the new appearance items and earn a Harlequin clown suit or a cherub disguise through a variety of holiday activities. The Goddess of Love alert. Join up to three others to decide the epic battle between Devotion and Scorn once and for all. Uh, we will be seeing new races. Can you catch Catwoman as she leaps across the buildings of Gotham City? New collections. All new collection sets will allow players to continue finding these hidden items. New themed missions. Enjoy various missions that will challenge the player in combat, jumping, and much more. A new Bane duo. Another duo has been added for your enjoyment. Pair up with another player and take on Bane for a chance at great loot. New PvP ring event. Available on both PvP and PvE servers, heroes and villains race to either save or steal valuable bags of diamonds from armored vans. An auction house. Players may now buy and sell tradable items on a broker in the Watchtower and Hall of Doom. And finally, new armor. Make your way to Gotham Museum to help Catwoman to receive pieces of brand new Mayan armor. Um, this is obviously already available. If you are if you paid the February subscription, you should have actually got this expansion pack. That's uh, how they are going to be working. So moving right into our last bit of news for February for video games. On February 25th, Microsoft held an event called Microsoft 2011. Rock City was present to present a non-playable demo of Batman Arkham City. There were a number of really good, positive bits of feedback given by various media outlets. And uh, I'm just going to go over one of them. Uh, IGN had this to say, Batman and Gotham City share a special connection. On the rooftops, it's as if the Dark Knight is connected to the soul of the city. He knows every alleyway, every criminal safe haven, every trouble spot. Trapped in Arkham Asylum last game, Batman was disconnected from the city that speaks to him. In Arkham City, Batman is in his element. This isn't Batman trapped in an asylum. This is a city full of criminals trapped with Batman. Um, there was a number of other ones. GameSpot also posted up a... Uh, video about their impressions of the game where they also praised it as well pretty much everything that we've been hearing there's nothing bad about this game as of right now uh, the next time we'll probably see some more media reactions is at e3 i assume that they'll be at e3 i'm also assuming they'll also be at san diego comic-con since it'll only be a couple months before the release and i'm sure with dc entertainment playing a much prominent role in warner brothers they will definitely be there promoting the game. That part really sounded cool when it described Arkham City as criminals being trapped with Batman in his element. That was really, really nice. And I, if the game plays out like that, I think it'll be excellent. All right. So there was no general news 
But, of course, we still have the Dark Knight rumor mill. This show's closing early, Music Meister, due to criminal intent and bad reviews. So there's a number of different rumors that came out in the month of February, so we're going to cover all of those right now. All right, so the very first rumor for the month of February was on February 1st. Late-breaking story from Deadline.com said that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is currently in talks to join The Dark Knight Rises. It is obviously not known who he will play. Gordon-Levitt was in the midst of the rumor mill when talk of either the Joker returning or the Riddler appearing went around the net. At this point, this is still considered a rumor, but Deadline says that Gordon-Levitt will be in the movie when production starts in May. I think at this point, since they're ten weeks away from shooting, we would have heard every cast member. I don't think there's going to be any surprises this time around. So this is very unlikely, I think. The next one we had was on February 8th. Uh, Basically, we had a rumor hit the net, again from Batman on Film, who said that they had a source that has stated the following... And so it begins. They are doing a plate shot in a helicopter over New York City this week. Apparently, Chris Nolan wants to get the city with snow on the ground. Um, so based on this rumor, we can all assume that Joseph Gordon-Levitt will be playing Mr. Freeze. Makes <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me. That knocks Arnold out of the running. <laughs> all right. On February 9th... Uh, Zach posted up on the website a number of different possibilities for characters that Joseph Gordon-Lovett could play based on Chris Nolan's stories in the past as well as characters who may make sense with Bane and Catwoman. Um, The picks that he made were Alberto Falcone, Harvey Bullock, and Deadshot. Obviously these were all just educated guesses. This is not meant to be an actual rumor but it is worth mentioning because of something else that we heard a little bit later in the month. On February 10th, BatmanNews.com reported the discovery of two working titles for The Dark Knight Rises. It looks like Production Weekly posted that Magnus Rex will be the shooting title starting in May. They later updated their post with the addition of Fox Hills Green as another possibility. We know that Nolan does use working titles as both of his previous Batman films use them. Batman Begins was known as The Intimidation Game, and The Dark Knight was known as Rory's First Kiss. BatmanNews.com dug a little deeper and helped the previous rumor about filming beginning in New York this week with the following discovery. They found a document from the state of New York that lists a number of the different films being filmed in the state, and they had the following. Magnus Rex Company. Subconscious Production Scout 12111 through 6111 Shoot 21011 through 123011 um, So is it possible that Dark Knight Rises is already filming in New York City? Well, we'll have to see. If you see Chris Nolan up in a helicopter and you live in New York, <laughs> send us an email. With the names though, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to believe that those are absolutely false since no one did use fake names for the other movies. All right, so on February 11th, there were some tweets that posted up that morning about Nolan scouting some new locations for The Dark Knight Rises. Steve Wood Say posted up the following. Christopher Nolan randomly appearing at the Stock Exchange. That's cool. He was here scouting locations to shoot the new Batman movie. Uh, Batman on film then said that their source has stated that a large scene will shoot in October at the New York Stock Exchange. They also mentioned India as another place for shooting, which adds to the earlier rumor about India playing a role. I remember when you guys talked about that earlier in the, in the 
previous podcast. And um, again, I mean, because the other movies were sort of uh, national, international. It's possible, but I mean, these aren't ones that make me that make me say, "Oh, that can't possibly be true." Um, shooting in India and all that. The more locations um, he shoots at is, I wouldn't say it makes me more interested, but it's like, I'm kind of like curious, like what's like what's he going to be using it for? He seems to be scouting everywhere. I'm waiting for him to show up in my backyard and be like, "Hmm, can I use this place." <laughs> sure. All right, so on February 14th, there was a number of different rumors that hit the net. First, it looks like Marion Cotillard has hit the rumor mill yet again with the news that she may still be in talks to play the second female lead in The Dark Knight Rises. Cotillard was removed from discussions when it was announced that she was pregnant with her first child, but her rep has confirmed via The Hollywood Reporter that she is in talks. Her child is due in the spring, which will still leave plenty of time before shooting begins slash ends. The other rumors we had, next up, the great Michael Caine has shared a bit with E! News about the film. He said, I talked to Chris last week because I said I hadn't gotten the script and he said I haven't finished it yet. And he said, I'll finish in two weeks. Marianne Cotillard is in it? Nobody tells me these things. Oh shoot, I didn't know. Well, Anne Hathaway is Cowman, isn't she? Well, that's fabulous. Tom Hardy is going to be great too. He's a tough British actor. Um, the other news was that uh, on the Joe Blow forums, there was an image of what's said to be Arkham Asylum. The caption for the image was, My good mate who is working on the set at Cardington, where it is being shot, sent me this. And it's essentially the front of Arkham Asylum. Now, this one was actually later to be disproved, possibly, because that same um, building front that has been the front of Arkham Asylum at Cardington... Studios in England has actually been up since Batman Begins because there ended up being some clarification the next day about that building and how that building was actually still there when Chris was filming Inception and the press came to Cardington to see some of the things that he was doing for Inception. So what do we think about all of these things? Marion Cotillard... Um, after they've, they've said that Catwoman was going to be in this movie, I'm like, who cares? I don't think we need another romantic interest. If she's playing a supporting character, that's kind of cool, but a romantic interest I'm not really interested in. Possibly having Arkham again, that would be nice, but if it's been disproven, then that wouldn't be nice, I suppose. De- I definitely, that that would be really cool to see Arkham again, because uh, all the little extra Easter eggs you could throw in there with all the inmates. But, yeah, like Don said, if it's disproven, then a bummer. It, the the image was just disproved in the fact that it may not be a current picture. It might just be a picture that's been there f- that someone had laying around. Who knows? The the point of the fact is that Arkham Asylum is still in Cardington Studios, so it very well could be used in The Dark Knight Rises since they didn't get rid of it after Batman Begins filmed. Alright, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't just Kind of busted up. I don't think it was destroyed, so... And they could just build it again anyway. Yeah. Alright, so on February 16th, there was a very interesting thing that happened that caused a lot of sites to look bad and others to ignore the event completely. (laughs) Well, I want to start off by saying that what I'm about to talk about has already been proven incorrect and fake as I actually wrote this on the website. I feel it's important to get the word out there so fans who have possibly heard about this don't get confused about the lack of clarification. 
Um, early in the morning on February 16th, an email was sent to a number of entertainment sites, including Collider.com and BatmanNews.com, among others. The email was a press release stating that it was from Warner Brothers confirming earlier reports of Marion Cotillard and Joseph Gordon-Levitt being cast in The Dark Knight Rises. I'm going to read the press release, and then we'll, we'll go over a couple of other things. Warner Brothers Pictures announced today that Marion Cotillard and Joseph Gordon-Levitt will, has been cast in Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises and will join an ensemble cast alongside Christian Bale, who returns in the title role of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. They will play Talia al Ghul and Roman Sionis, respectively. On casting Cotillard, director Christopher Nolan stated, I am delighted to have the opportunity to work with Marion again and to have no doubt she will be a great addition to our ensemble cast and bring to life a key part of the universe we have created as we finish our story. On the addition of Jorson Gordon-Lovett, Nolan said, I am thrilled to be working with Joseph again after a delightful experience working with him on Inception and I'm certain he will deliver another thrilling performance as one of Batman's most popular villains. Nolan will direct the film from a screenplay he wrote with Jonathan Nolan from a story by Christopher Nolan David S. Goyer. Nolan will also produce the film with longtime producing partner Emma Thomas and Charles Rovin. The Dark Knight Rises is slated for release on July 20th, 2012. The film will be distributed worldwide by Warner Brothers Pictures, a Warner Brothers entertainment company. So after reading that, you may be thinking to yourself that that press release sounds pretty familiar. Well, that may be because it's exactly similar to the January press release from Warner Brothers. Um, I have to say, when I originally saw the fake press release before it was proven fake, I thought this was pretty interesting. The writer clearly made it so that Roman Sionis was mentioned instead of Black Mask. I found this interesting, but also a little concerning since that would make four villains eventually in the film. The press release was proven incorrect by a simple deduction. The email address that sent the email was WonderBrothersPicturesMedia at Hotmail.com. Uh, what concerns me most about this whole debacle is that even though this was something that was fake, there were a lot of sites that posted this up as an actual story, and the internet started buzzing about it. When it was proven fake, they took the story down and left it out there without any explanation. Comic Book Resources and Comic Book Movie both posted a story on this, and, there were and their entries were deleted. Collider.com is the only site that legitimately wrote up an article explaining the press release to be a fake. Props to them since right now there are over 400 entries about the fake press release on Google News, all under the impression that it was all real. Um, it's one thing to report something because it's fake, or... It's one thing not to report something because it was false, but it's completely different to ignore something when the internet is talking about it and can get no clarification anywhere about the authenticity of something. That's pretty much why we do the rumor mill, is because when you see something like that on the internet, it's only going to blow up worse if you don't talk about it and say, hey, no, this is fake. Yep, and honestly, with the internet being the way it is, in this day and age, I am not surprised. Pretty much, if we don't get an official release for certain information like we did with uh, the casting of Bane and Catwoman, then chances are you can't believe anything or take anything for granted. So let this be a lesson to all those uh, there uh, just to at least, you know, do your job right and not just put some up willy-nilly. 
Yeah, exactly. We're kind of here just to yeah diffuse the all the rumors because otherwise people just wouldn't get it. I bet you it was Christopher Nolan that sent that email out, and he's like, ha, ah, yes. <laughs> he figured it'd be a great joke. <laughs> all according to plan. <laughs> yes. You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. All right. The last bit of rumors we have comes from the Oscar weekend. First off, there was a video that was done with none other than MTV with Christopher Nolan. I don't know how MTV landed that interview. (laughs) They uh, talked to Christopher Nolan, asked him three different questions. Every single question they asked, he gave the most generic answer he possibly could. And basically the summary of it is the film will be great and it's coming out in July of 2012. Also that weekend, MTV posted up an interview with Aaron Eckhart, which... Honestly, they need just to leave this guy alone. He was Two-Face. He really wanted to be Two-Face in the next movie. He is not going to be Two-Face in the next movie. They just need to leave the guy alone already. Because the guy is honestly distraught because he's not going to be in the film. Because that's what he said. He said, I'm sad that I'm not going to be in the film. So just MTV, please. As a Batman fan, I don't want to know Aaron Eckhart is even more sadder because you insist on asking him every time he's promoting something. <laughs> we also saw a new concept, possible concept art for a new Batmobile. It's kind of a mix between the Tumblr and the 1989 Batmobile, obviously with a much more modern twist. It kind of looks like a rocket ship on Tumblr wheels. I don't think it's real, but uh, we'll see. And the last thing we have from Oscar weekend was day after the Oscars, Anne Hathaway was interviewed by Oprah on the Oprah show about hosting the Oscars. And she simply said that when she got the call for her to become a host for the Oscars, her agent, it was right around the same time after she already auditioned for Catwoman. Um, She said that her agent called and after her agent called, she said, you got it. And she's like, yes, I got the Catwoman role. And she's like, no, you got the host, the Academy Awards. So she was excited, but at the same time, she was thinking they were talking about the Catwoman job. The whole point of this interview was that the reason why it became a rumor was because she, she kept saying Catwoman instead of Selena Kyle. Now, whether or not she actually is paying Catwoman, I would still put that up in the air. I would assume that when she auditioned, they told her, yeah, Selena Kyle, that would be Catwoman. But that doesn't mean she'll necessarily be Catwoman. Do I think she will be Catwoman? Yes. But I don't think that this interview does anything to have anything to do with confirming that she will be Catwoman. Yeah, I can see the way you, you would say that. Um, it's, it's, it's too ambiguous. I mean, Catwoman is a more recognizable name than Selena Kyle. But I would say that if you look back at all all of the past movies, I mean, you have Aaron Eckhart cast as Harvey Dent, and we got Two Face. You know, we had, you had. So I think that while wow, certainly with this interview with Oprah doesn't definitively uh, confirm or deny anything, I would still place money on her dressing up as Catwoman because why would I? I, I would be surprised if anyone was interested in doing the role otherwise. I mean, oh, you'll be Catwoman, but you won't be Catwoman. I mean, I, I think that uh, I think Christopher Nolan has a little more better taste than that. Yeah, I kind of agree with that actually, because I don't know if I'd be like super excited to play like a character that's like a well-known villain or something. But like, you never be like, I don't know how excited 
Aaron Eckhart would have been just to be Harvey Dent and never be Two Face, because you know it's just it's not the same. Exactly. So I think that yeah. So I think I think she's a just. I mean, it was obviously like very ambiguous, but her excitement for wanting the role really badly would have been Catwoman. I think just to me at least. You better not screw it up. <laughs> With Master Wayne, the guests will be arriving. Keep them happy until I arrive. Tell them that joke, you know. Alright, so that's all of the rumors we had. Trust me, we're going to have tons more rumors as we get closer to production. I'm sure we'll have even more while shooting actually begins on the film. But uh, for right now, let's get right into our spotlight character, who is none other than James Gordon Jr. Now, before we start James Gordon Jr., you may be wondering to yourself... Why are we talking about James Gordon Jr.? Watch yourselves, man. These guys are crazy. Well, recently, James Gordon Jr. has appeared in Detective Comics in a nice story by Scott Snyder. Now, even though you may have no idea about the comics, and you your only familiarity with James Gordon Jr. would be when he appeared in The Dark Knight, that's okay, because that's why we're here. Even though this character has a very, very small amount of history, we're going we're gonna to talk about him anyway. James Jr. was born to James and Barbara Gordon shortly after the family relocated to Gotham City from Chicago. This happened in Batman number 407 from May 1987. When the Gordons' marriage fell apart during Batman's second year of operation, Barbara and James returned to Chicago where she filed for divorce. This happened in Batman Turning Points number 1 in January of 2001. One account had this happening when James was 6 which was in Batman Night Cries, which was in 1992. James Jr. became a pawn between Gordon and his former partner, Arthur Flass, when the latter kidnapped James on the day Gordon married Sarah Essen. With Batman's help, the child was safely recovered. That's from Legend of the Dark Knight, annual number two, from 1992. Years later, Commissioner Gordon is haunted by visions of his son from the past after seeing the image of a man who looks to be his son grown up on a surveillance tape outside the Gotham Avery. These visions are trails of blood leading to a closet where James Jr. sits. Gordon can only ask what have you done before he's brought back to reality. But outside, a grown James Jr. looks up to his father's apartment waiting in the rain. Later, a conversation between Commissioner Gordon and his daughter Barbara, where she reveals she's been trying to find him for years, as she claims there's no denying he's a murderer. James Jr. waits for Barbara to leave, then sits down across from his father, who is shocked at his appearance. He then explains to his father that he is looking to get a job with Leslie Tompkins. And that's where we have James Gordon Jr. as of right now in, in comic book continuity. You can find out more if you pick up Detective Comics, since that's where the story is taking place. Clearly, he also appeared in The Dark Knight. James is one of Jim Gordon's children in The Dark Knight. He's depicted as being fond of Batman. At the film's climax, he's chosen by Two-Face for a death in revenge for the death of Ra Rachel Dawes, in which he blames Gordon. Batman saves him at the last moment, much like the ending to Batman Year One. He's played by Nathan Gamble. All right. So that is our spotlight character for this episode. Trust me when I say if you're not reading detective comics and you don't read comics in general and you really like just good stories because you like read books maybe, this might be something to check out because Scott Snyder's doing a really good job and this 
character who has very little history is being thrown in and we're finding out a lot about this character very quickly. that's going to bring us into our feature. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but uh, specifically, we want to go over a couple of the things we really like to see in The Dark Knight Rises. So, let's just get right into it. Uh, first thing I would really like to see is I would really like to see Wayne Manor and a new Batcave. You took mine. <laughs> yeah, I think you took everybody's. I think everybody wants to see a Batcave. Um, it makes, the way they wrote it in Dark Knight, it made sense but they, they built it up so well at the end of Batman Begins, We're talking about rebuilding. And I think that if they don't show the Bat, the Batcave and Wayne Manor in the third one, it really will be a cop-out. And I think that um, logically, there's no reason not to show it. Um, I guess we're all three in agreement with the rest of the world. We'll just assume that they're in agreement with us. <laughs> but we're always right. Yes. Most of the time. All right. Uh, another thing I'd really like to see is I would like to see more Easter eggs. We had a bunch of – we had – well, not a bunch, but we had a good chunk of Easter eggs in the first film. We didn't have nearly as many in the second one. I'd love to see more references to other villains, even if it is something like Josh said earlier where you know we have Arkham Asylum and all it is is Batman walking past and we see names written in front of their cells or something like that. That would be really cool, and I would, I would, <laughs> I think that would be really awesome. And when I would see it, I'd be like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Definitely. If he if he if he walked just down the corridor and he saw names like Jervis Tetch, Edward Nigma, or Pamela Ozzie, just just those names, I think that would get all of us fanboys just shaking in our seats from excitement. Yeah, that's stole mine again. I I really want to see more Easter eggs. I would never become. A director because I would put so many Easter eggs in all my movies that it would get really gimmicky. But yeah, I love Easter eggs, and I think that's a great like nod to the actual comic fans. One thing that I would like to see is uh, a further development of Batman's arsenal. I mean, I like the fact that they have him. They've given a reason for the gauntlets and his uh, and his gloves, and they have you know like the cape and everything. They have the Batmobile and the Batpod. One thing I think that would be logical is just the fact that he is trying to commit to this war on a crime. We see things like Batwing. It might be a little too uh, a little too intense for this movie. Maybe they they took uh, from the comments that Bat Rocket he had in the '90s, where it went from like from from the Batcave to Gotham City in, in like five minutes. I think that would be interesting. Um, or even some Arsenal. Or or hey, maybe, maybe even the Yellow Oval by the end of the movie, since this will be the end of the movie. Um, I think that would be kind of cool. 
one thing I really want to see, Harvey Dent was doing a good job. I want to see the, I want to have a long enough space between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, and I want to see all the negative effects that Harvey Dent's, like, Dent has on the city, and how basically everything, everything positive he did goes all the way back. Yeah, another thing I would really like to see is, has very little to do with the movie, but I'd love to see another viral marketing campaign. Oh, yeah. The viral marketing <laughs> campaign for The Dark Knight was amazing. I remember trying to be involved. I was living in Kansas at the time, and it was impossible to be right next to one of the major cities when they had a lot of the really cool things that happened for The Dark Knight viral marketing campaign, but there was a couple things that I was able to do. I did have to drive two hours to Kansas City to do them, but for the most part, even some of the things that weren't necessarily, just some of the stuff that was online where they revealed the first picture of the Joker, and they had the first time when the Joker said anything at all, you heard it through the viral marketing campaign. Not to mention the the whole viral marketing campaign kind of connected the events of the first film with the events of the second film because there is that chunk of time that occurred between. I would love to see them do a viral marketing campaign. That viral marketing campaign won awards. I want to see them try to top the one they did for The Dark Knight. Man, I'm not going to say I don't want to see that, but I was really frustrated trying to figure all that stuff out during The Dark Knight. I mean, I was obsessed. But man, it was like, like you had to connect cards and stuff. And I remember uh, the whole I Believe in Harvard Dent uh, banners. That was actually awesome. I, I, I just forgot about that. And then, like, the whole uh, painting over the face. Actually, I would, yeah, Dustin, I would, I would totally agree. I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to do any of that stuff the first time. Like, nowadays, I, I have more freedom to go around, so I definitely, I have no life. I'd go do all that crazy stuff. <laughs> The, be- the best part was even some of the crazy stuff that was online, even if you didn't know how to do it, somebody eventually figured it out, and then that was the thing. It got so many people talking about it just to figure out this one thing that maybe led to another puzzle that wasn't going to happen or wasn't going to work out for another month. But it just it kept the hype alive for a good year before the film even came out, and it was consistent. It didn't... It wasn't like uh, we see a teaser trailer the summer before and then we don't see an actual trailer until sometime around Christmas time when a big Warner Brothers movie comes out. And from there, we just wait for the TV spots, maybe a Super Bowl ad, things like that. Please, Warner Brothers, do not buy a Super Bowl ad. Spend the money on a viral marketing campaign. I mean, the best part about it was the free swag you got. That was, <laughs> I mean, I'm awesome. oh, sorry, but I mean, like... Shirts that say "I believe in Harvey Dent" or have the the gaunt, you know, the Batman gauntlet fist in a circle, for you know, citizens for Batman. Those that was awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I have a box full of this stuff that I love. That at some point I'd love to display in like a shadow box or something. Totally. And and I remember you say um, building up during the movie. I remember when the first kind of trailer came out when I Am Legend came out. That was nine months until the movie came out and. I, I, instead of us getting frustrated and, and uh, enraged by that, we were, we were kept at bay because of the viral marketing. So totally, yeah, just you know, keep us satiated like that. Yeah, kind of, it kind of eases the, it makes it seem a lot shorter because it's like, because you, you keep thinking that well, it's like it's coming, it's coming. You're not just like waiting, uh, counting the days down. You always have like something to do to keep up. Oh, did you hear about the new like this thing that happened? And well, I'm not one of the people that like believes in the multiverse and like, oh, it's real, but. I like the illusion that it kind of gives, kind of like when you go to 
Magic Mountain because I'm out here in California. When you go on the Batman ride and you're in the line, you have it's like Gotham City and everything. You kind of if you kind of let yourself go into the illusion, it just it, it's like really cool and all this stuff like the the mock Harvey Dent campaign and all that made made like a connection between the real world and the the fake DC world. I definitely think that's true. the The other thing that uh, was interesting that they did with the viral marketing campaign was that they they did this good thing. Obviously, a big movie like The Dark Knight, huge movie, huge blockbuster success, is going to have some corporate sponsors. Instead of doing what they did with Iron Man, which was you know in Iron Man they just have this convention where they have basically all of their sponsors featured. They did it very well where. They didn't have to worry about featuring them in the movie like Iron Man did because they used all of the sponsors in the viral marketing campaign. Domino's was a, was a sponsor of The Dark Knight, or I don't even know. I don't think you call it a sponsor. I don't even know what it would be called. But basically, you had the Domino's they turn into the Gotham City Pizza Place, and you could order a Gotham City Pizza, which was just like a pizza with extra pepperoni, but it came in a Gotham City Batman box. That was cool. We had. I remember Reese's had a thing. Yeah, then when you Reese's take it outside, you get that, mugged, and someone takes your pizza. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, we had Comcast was another one of their. Uh, yeah. For the film, with all those Gotham news segments with Mike Engel that were released on the Comcast, and of course they ended up hitting the net too. It was very hard to find them when they first came out because I didn't have Comcast where I lived. But that, I mean, those things, those things ended up making it onto the uh, special features of the the Dark Knight on Blu-ray and I think the two-disc DVD. So I mean, there was a lot of really cool stuff that they did very smartly, and I, I, just, all I have to say is they need to do it again. It was also cool because with all that, it was like before the movie even started, you were building up the election of Harvey Dent to become the the district attorney, and by the time Dark Knight started. He is the, the district attorney, so all of that you had like sort of like the in between occur off screen, you know. So there was no there was no time for exposition in the movies, but it was all in between, you know, like in, in other stuff. That was actually I, I've never seen a movie do that before. I think that if they did that again, that would be just fantastic. Now, didn't it win like an award for something? Because I remember a while back yeah, you it, announced it, it on won, a yeah, it won a couple of awards that viral marketing campaign. Won a number of different awards. Uh, I remember. I think it won a Webby for a viral marketing campaign. But I think there were some other awards that it won too, just because of the extent of it. And even to this day, I mean, there's been nothing to compare to what that was. And I mean, I'm kind of curious to know whose idea that was. I mean, clearly the company who did it. I believe it was Forty Seven Entertainment who did it. The that company clearly came up with the ideas to how to link you know, the, the first film to the second film. But I'm curious to know who decided, hey, we should have this viral marketing campaign. Was it Chris Nolan or was it somebody inside of War Room Brothers? Because I hope that guy got promoted, whoever it was. No doubt. It was probably some, like, intern came up with an idea and then some guy stole it from him. <laughs> I remember after that, everybody was, like, talking about how how successful it was and we're going to be seeing that all the time now, but has there been anything like that since? Or Not that I've been aware of. I mean, I don't keep track of the viral been... marketing thing that happens. I know that there's been a lot more viral marketing for video games, but I don't think that any of it was ever really super successful. 
Yeah, sort of not for superhero movies. They did have something for Walking Dead before it premiered, where like there was a number of cities throughout the world that were going to be taken over by zombies, and they hired like a hundred people to to like dress up in zombie makeup and go out on the streets or something like that. But I I remember it being announced. I remember reading about it. I don't remember reading anything after the fact, which means it maybe not was so great. You got arrested for doing that, probably. <laughs> yeah. And this will truly be the last movie of this canon, or the one, the last one that Nolan and Bale were going to do. In some format, I would like a reference to Robin. And I, I can hear the internet's grown across the world, but I think if the movie ended with uh, Bruce and Alfred going to Haley's Circus... Or there'll just be an ad for Haley's Circus, or there's he has Haley's Circus tickets on his desk. I think that would be pretty cool. But that's yeah, that, that actually is kind of what I, for my next thing I had, I guess, was that this is going to be the last movie. I want there to be closure. I don't want there to be an ambiguous ending. But I, I do want it to be like, so it's going to go, like, nothing's like up in the air, but we know it goes on. I, I really would love to see, I don't want, I really don't want to see Robin, but I want to see like a reference or, or at least like Dick Grayson or something. Well, one thing that people don't, I don't think people have ever mentioned is that Barbara Gordon was in The Dark Knight, like, not his wife, but his, uh, uh, the background Barbara Gordon. I mean, she didn't say anything, but she was in the background, so she is out there. So all the stuff you can say is out there. You just need to, like, kind of draw attention to it. And I think that would be very cool if they just had a slight reference to the Flying Graysons or just Dick Graysons existing. I know no one made a mention that he's a baby, but that doesn't really fly with a lot of continuity. And since this is th- year three... Hypothetically, I think it would be uh, just awesome if they did that. If if no one's not going to do another one, it would be cool for him to at least put it out there as, you know, this story continues. I, I don't want him to do what he did with The End of Batman Begins, where it's, you know, he opens it up for another villain. I mean, as cool as it was to see that, uh, subconsciously thinking to myself, um, is Nolan actually going to do another one after Batman Begins? We... I mean, like he said from the very beginning, he had no intention of ever doing a sequel. He had no intention of doing the third one in the trilogy. But, you know, he, he's he's come back to it every time. So I don't want something like that because the last thing I would want is for him to set something up like that and then have some other director come in and just ruin whatever was intended to happen by putting that little bit at the end. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, mentions like tickets to Haley's Circus or a poster or Alfred dropping Bruce off or something like that. I could see that being pretty cool. Um, I don't want The Dark Knight Rises to be the last one and then we start fresh again because really I'm just getting tired of it. Tired of the movie industry in general doing the reboots Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's ridiculous. He, He set up especially after three movies, he set up a very, very big universe that can continue to be discovered. So that just, it needs to happen. If they're going to do another one, fine, wait enough time in between the films so that, you know, it doesn't, you know, do anything to what Chris Nolan has done or even bring Chris Nolan on as a producer. I'm sure he wouldn't be opposed to doing something like that if he didn't want to be directing it. Well, it's also like that, that, that new term, a requel, because, I mean, I think it was appropriate for the Batman franchise to be rebooted in 2005 when it was, because it's been nearly, it, that, at that point, it was nearly a decade later. I think after this film, just leave the franchise alone for at least 10 years, if not 15 or 20, and then you can do another movie, but just don't retell the origin, just 
set it up all with everything established because I think that these movies are so successful. People remember how they are, are getting established. Hello, my name is Rachel Dawes. I'm an assistant district attorney for Gotham City and I work with Harvey Dent. I know firsthand the integrity which Mr. Dent brings to his job. He commits all his energy to fighting crime and corruption, and the results are making this city a safer place. Now, a group of individuals has recently attempted to smear Mr. Dent's reputation, but rather than discredit him, these lies have only validated his campaign to take back our city, which is making the criminals and the corrupt both desperate and afraid. And that is the greatest endorsement of all. Harvey Dent believes in two things, justice and Gotham City. This is why I believe in Harvey Dent and why I think you should too. Thank you. All right, so that's going to be our feature for this episode. I'm sure there's plenty of other things that you'd want to see as well in The Dark Knight Rises. So head over to the uh, forums and leave your comments over there as far as things you'd like to see. We'll start up a new thread for uh, things that everyone would like to see, and we can start a pretty decent discussion for that. So that's going to be everything for this episode. Make sure you're checking out the website for all the daily news. Check out the comic cast for, for everything related to the Batman universe in the comic books. Of course, we have a number of other specials. We have the award show, which will be released very shortly. We also have a new Villain Wall episode up on the website. And we have a bunch of other things happening. So check out the website. Join the forums. Send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net if you want to get in touch with us. We're always interested in some ideas for features or spotlight characters if you guys have some suggestions. In addition to that, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And of course, you can also leave us a review on iTunes. So that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is Don. This is Josh. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next month. Take care. Later. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 62. I hope it's 62. Let me check real quick. I believe it is. I think 63. Yeah, it's 63. Everyone's taken care of. That's why we're first choice. I know you can't say anything about the plot, but where are you right now with the Dark Knight Rises? I didn't... What? I did. <laughs> I did Adam West naked. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>